three rules. No water, no light, no food after midnight. Try to stay alive in Gremlins. I'm going to go ahead and point out a plot hole for everybody in here. It's going to All bother right, everybody now. You know how if they touch, my sink is going. I don't know if people can hear it in the background. Um, no, that's perfect. Yeah, if they touch water. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know how it's snowing? Yes. Oh, boy. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Oh, yeah, why is it not, even when it's not snowing, how is it that when Stripe crosses the street from the theater, how are there not millions of those things popping off of him as he steps on the snow? Mm. Because even if it's just like a water, that stuff's going to yeah. melt on his feet. He's going to be popping those bad boys off his feet. I know. Oh, man. What I'm just saying, happened? like, what has you happened? know, hire me as a continuity expert next time, Hollywood. <laughs> I don't know what they were thinking. Anyway, <laughs> welcome back to the Monsters vs. Men podcast. This is the bargain basement of the mini monster podcasting airwaves. This week, as we try to stay alive, we're discussing gremlins. I'm Eric. And I'm Alex. And this is the first of our two-week holiday specials. Last year, we did Krampus. <laughs> two <laughs> classics last year. Krampus <laughs> and Jingle All the Way. This year... We don't have any Arnold's, but we do have Gremlins. We're doing Gremlins 1 this week and Gremlins 2 next week. And I haven't seen these before, Alex. Uh, That's amazing. So I have vivid memories of this one um, as a kid. Now, Gremlins 2? Uh uh, I don't know if I do. Uh, I'm trying to think of moments in it that I remember. And it's going to be one of those, like, when I watch it, I'll probably remember, but this mm-hmm. one, I expected certain moments to be happening. See, my assumption is simply I was not allowed to watch these movies. Well, and after watching this, you can kind of understand why that might be the case. Well, my parents probably didn't allow me to watch it, not because of the violence, but because of the GDs thrown in there. Uh, lots of language, actually, in this film. Yeah, there that- is. <laughs> I don't really pay attention to or notice, but that's probably what my parents would have been concerned about. Yeah. Yeah. I I could see that, you know, my mom was sensitive to that, but actually I guess not that sensitive. Cause I totally watched this with both my parents. <laughs> so yeah, they rented it and we all watched it together. Uh, Hence no, why this, I have those memories. <laughs> I probably would have been scared of it as a kid. Were you scared? I don't remember being scared, actually. I remember liking it and thinking it was funny. And when, well, what was her name? Uh, Kate? Miss Deagle. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, no, not Miss Deagle. That was the mom. Uh, no, Miss Deagle was, was, you're talking about the, uh, the old lady. bank lady. Yeah. Mrs. Deagle. That's Miss so, Deagle. Yeah. So, definitely. M- Mrs. Deagle being launched out of the car or out of the, out of the out window of the, of the home. Yeah. Yeah. Was uh, one of the moments that I have remembered about that movie forever. Oh, that's one of the <laughs> best moments in the entire movie. And I don't remember We're being scared just, like that. <laughs> we are already discussing uh, the film. So real quick, before we jump further in, Alex, 
I just wanted to say thanks to a couple people who have sent us messages recently, just saying that they, um, you know, enjoy the podcast. Uh, so Sam and Christopher, thank you both for reaching out. Appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks for reaching out and, and uh, having a discussion with us and just telling us that you're listening to the show. Those little bits of feedback really help. Right. And they encourage us. Uh, yeah. As we're creating the show, so thank you for those messages. They mean, yeah, they mean, they mean a lot. It's always nice yeah. to get that because, oh, it's always nice to have a little extra push when you're yeah. working on a project like this. Well, it's nice to know that that someone besides our moms are listening, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> My mom has never well, listened to this show. My mom has never listened to our show either. <laughs> Maybe that's the sadder part. Yeah, how unsupportive are our moms? Our moms are definitely not uh, Mrs. Deagle. No. <laughs> now, my mom has listened to my other podcast, so I don't know what that says about this one. I <laughs> says so she doesn't like me very much. Yeah, I think that's it. <laughs> well, let's get into it then, Alex. All right. When it comes it. when it when it comes to our holiday specials, we seem to like the weird and the wacky and the quacky. And Gremlins certainly feels a part of that legacy. Directed by Joe Dante and written by Chris Columbus, whose prolific career seemingly started here, Gremlins provides horror, drama, and comedy with just a slice of Christmas. But Alex, my question for you is, did the little monsters get you in the holiday spirit or did this film give you reason to fear it now my opinion is brought to you by steven spielberg Ooh, yes <laughs> did you see that at the beginning lots of steven spielberg like little um references in this film as yep. well um pretty cool yeah and i just he was the executive producer he was the one who kind of greenlit the script i read after i watched this film he kind of greenlit the script that really had gone nowhere until steven spielberg saw it it was a good decision by him. Yeah. All right. Because <laughs> this movie definitely put me in that holiday spirit. From its fun uses of Christmas music to fun deaths, you know, Christmas deaths. Um, there was one thing that there was one thing that filled my mind while watching this film, actually. And it's mm-hmm. it, it, it's a callback to our last holiday specials last year, but one of them in particular. Yeah. This tone feels exactly like what Krampus had going for it. Yeah. In a lot of ways, really. Um, And this feels like a... It feels like Krampus is like this perfect spiritual successor successor to this movie. Yeah. Um, Because, like, this one had me, like, gasping, laughing, guffawing throughout. It's like such a... (laughs) The whole movie... It's just so completely absurd, just like Krampus. But tonally, it is surprisingly consistent throughout. Without getting too ridiculous somehow, in one way or the other. Like, every moment somehow fits. Like, it's it's really impressive when you consider that what is within this movie. Like, the content of it. (laughs) A little furball named Gizmo gives birth to offspring who murder a town 
Doesn't sound like a Christmas movie, but I'll tell you what, this one certainly gave me plenty to cheer about. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think this movie both gets me in the holiday spirit and gives me reason to fear it, Alex. For what it is, I think it is very successful. One thing I thought while watching this movie was how this movie wouldn't and couldn't be made today with our, you know, kind of this international audience in mind. It just wouldn't be made. Right. right? Uh, it's pop American popcorn fodder that clearly entertains while being rough around the edges. It's cute until suddenly it's not. And it's campy in its sincerity, not in this sort of self-aware or self-absorbed way that we see today. It's that sincerity that actually makes it somehow campy, right? Uh, in fact, that might be what makes the, the film successful is the tone management. It can somehow be very sincere. Um, It can somehow be a drama. (laughs) It can somehow be a comedy (laughs) and a horror. And you're exactly right. Not unlike Krampus from last year's special, this film finds that liminal space between all those different elements and manages to create a world that's sort of like ours but heightened, where an unsuccessful traveling inventor lives successfully in his suburbia life and can stumble upon a mystical creature that lives by a certain set of rules. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) To make that Krampus connection, though, I would say also that this film isn't completely void of meaning. It's saying something. Would you agree? Yeah, I would would agree here. You know, that's what kind of makes this film great. And, and the same for Krampus. I mean, I, I'm not going to harp on Krampus too much because, you know, mm-hmm. we talked about that last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but unlike a lot of the movies we've watched, even the ones that I've really liked, the meaning here is optional in terms yeah. of your enjoyment of the film. Um, it's never forced upon us, but I definitely think it's there. And, and I think multiple people could get different ideas from what that meaning is like for me the gremlins really represent the holidays in terms of like this lack of impulse control you know (laughs) this gluttony and Mm -hmm. the 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 need to act on like your first instinct probably a a lot so with like when you're going shopping and you just buy everything and (laughs) and like the way you You just solve the way you solve your problems with money like the dad does at the beginning of the film exactly tries to do yeah (laughs) (laughs) exactly exactly and just like drinking and and everything i mean a lot of people get get obliterated at holiday Christmas parties. Um, So I just love it. Like they're completely obsessed with material things. Not unlike, like I said, the the people's spirit uh, with Christmas. And I really, I really like that. You know, every single gremlin acquires an item after they get to the bar and after they move out, like they, they all get something. When we go to the theater, all of them are either consuming or wearing something that they just got. <laughs> like, yeah. I think there is actually a lot to be said here. And it's not just the things like that I'm talking about. I'm sure there's lots of things that you noticed that I didn't even like, wasn't really even paying attention to, but oh yeah, well, it's yeah, the I mean, absurdity the- of the whole situation <laughs> that is just like, it feels like it because it's so absurd. There's a lot of interpretation that can be made. Oh Yeah. Well, I mean, just thinking about the absurdity and things that you were talking about right there, 
just the fact that Kate uh, is serving them at the bar is really <laughs> absurd. Like, right? Right? Because like you see all of them her. partying for a while, and then suddenly yeah. it cuts, and yeah. you just see her and dashing she's, They're around. serving them, and you're like, why? Like, what? But then it kind of makes sense. Yes. <laughs> and you're like, you go with it because of the world that's been created. You don't linger on the fact like this makes no sense. You just kind of accept it and move on, right? Um, yeah. I think that kind of goes into how I viewed some of the meaning in this film. I return to those three rules that should never be violated. And I think about how storytelling and movie making have their own set of rules. This movie seems to break those rules and follow those rules at the same time. Um, the other thing is my movie-loving radar goes off when I see characters in a movie watching a movie or watching a TV show. Mm-hmm. And this movie is full of that, right? Yep. We've got It's a Wonderful Life, To Please a Lady, Orpheus, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, and more. And these little appearances aren't just randomly chosen. They're purposeful and ironic, an often little twist of what's happening um, that we see on our side of the screens. It's no coincidence either that the gremlins find their way to where? To the movie theater, to watch Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. <laughs> how can we pack this movie as full as we can? And how can we pack this theater as full as we can with gremlins? It's such a fun scene. <laughs> and it's one of my favorite parts of the film. And it, it, it it ties in, I think, a little bit with what you were saying about the holidays and the holiday spirit. It's it's all tied together in kind of this consumer sort of way. It's really interesting and does tie into those themes we talked about last year with Krampus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, just thinking, I was laughing just so much at this movie because we have a gremlin that flashes people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's all that I needed in this movie. <laughs> but oh, it, it just has so many insane moments that are insane moments that somehow perfectly mesh together. And I can't believe like just how consistent the laughs were during the horror elements. Like <laughs> the best parts of this film were all jump started by the scene with Miss Deagle. Where no, not she, Miss Deagle, the mom. Yeah, Miss Deagle mom. is the, the. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. I don't sorry. know what the mom's name is. But I keep yeah. calling her Miss Deagle for some reason. Yeah, but all these scenes with the mom, where she turns into Rambo, <laughs> like, like like she doesn't even give these things a chance. Like she doesn't even know what they are. She immediately obliterates one of them by chopping its head up in a in a blender, and then mm-hmm. she stabs the next one to death. Yep. This is an awesome kids movie. I love this thing. <laughs> and then microwaves the And last then one. microwaves <laughs> and makes the other one explode. And you get to see it explode, which is like <laughs> even better. Like she kills them all without remorse. Like it's awesome. And then we go to the bar that we've already talked about that has a hilarious sequence with all these different gremlins with all these different personality types and different vices and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's just great. And then we transfer over to a theater. And like you said, where we see the, them watching a movie together and singing the songs. <laughs> <laughs> singing hi-ho. <laughs> and it's so good. And then we get this big showdown with Stripe, with mm-hmm. all these different weapons, all these different antics that are going down. Like, <laughs> the, the moment where she, where, uh, I forgot her name, um, but she turns on the light, and 
it throws Stripe back while he has the chainsaw, and then it hits mm-hmm. the ground and it carries him off backwards on the ground, dragging yeah. him. Dude, it's so funny. <laughs> it's so. Oh, it's great. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. But I'm like, this actually kind of makes sense. <laughs> the fact that he has a gun at the end is also just insane. <laughs> Billy, it's so good. Like, we're just treated to some really awesome kills. Mm-hmm. In this, and I'm not just talking about the gremlins. Like I mentioned earlier, I love them launching Mrs. Deagle into the streets from the top <laughs> of her home because they meddled with her little chair that goes up and down the stairs. Oh, it's so good! Like, it's so good. And then you know, cutting the cops' brake lines, ru- <laughs> running over the guy inside his own home with his own vehicle. Uh, and then, like you know, one of the only people that can stand up to these things is this kid in his room, just knocking them off his roof. Like, yeah. oh, I know. <laughs> and I just, I love that they kill all these people. And, you know, they kill the teacher too. And our, we get the way we find out is a shot of the man laying on face down with a needle jabbed in his butt. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, this whole, a lot of this movie really stuck with me for a, for a very long time. I was surprised this, at how much I remembered about it. And it's not because of out of terror. I wasn't scared, but because of just oddly how fun it is and how memorable. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's so many moments that are just so memorable in this. It's just impressive. Yeah. You know, that Mrs. Deagle scene, that entire sequence is probably the most that I laughed in this movie. It wasn't just that moment. <laughs> it was just the, the police officer's conversation <laughs> in the car following it. When they when the Santa runs up to the window and he's being mauled and they roll the window up on him, they roll the window up and the other guy instead of commenting like the the deputy instead of commenting on the fact that he's being killed, he says something along the lines of I can't remember this exact line, but it's like, oh that's Mister So and So. He dresses up as Santa every year. Yeah, he dresses up as Santa every year. That's the one. <laughs> How ridiculous is that? It's so great. It's so good, dude. Like, oh man, it's so good. Uh, but, you know, I, I think there are many people who love this film and could return to it year after year. Mm-hmm. For me, if I'm finding some points of criticism, it's simply that I wouldn't return to it year after year because uh. it does feel a bit cookie cutter in its plot. I mentioned earlier the film breaks a lot of rules and it's great with its genre smashing, but it also follows some pretty familiar plot rules that just make the overall plot feel weighed down by the inevitable denouement, which by the way is another great show showcase in just how bizarre this world that Joe Dante and Chris Columbus and Steven Spielberg helped create. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, We get the Chinese grandfather show up, out of nowhere. <laughs> and once again, instead of the natural response to that being like, holy cow, where did you come from? Why are you in my house? The father's first response is, oh, hey, this is the guy I bought Mogwai from. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> and it transitions from that to the end of with a, bye, Billy. <laughs> And then the grandfather, the Chinese grandfather, being grateful for an ashtray. (laughs) It's all so absurd and and so awesome in that absurdity. Uh, 
The only thing I wished, Alex, and I think this would have made it a step better even for me, is if we had watched this together, we would have laughed. I would have laughed a whole lot more. Oh, yeah. You would have. You, you need to watch. You need to watch this film with people. I think. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, this is just like this is one I was trying to get. CC had, had a big project out, yeah, and I was like cackling over here, and I had to keep rewinding and showing her things, which was probably <laughs> annoying. But uh, I just wanted to enjoy it with somebody, oh, and yeah. you know, she ripped that from me. But this is, I'm not. I'm not a, this is a, this would have been a good one to watch yeah. together for sure. <laughs> Well, NVM Plus today, Alex, as we transition to our awards, NVM Plus today is another Marvel vs. Men. Two weeks in a row. This week, we talk Eternals, and I'm excited for this conversation. I am too, because I don't, I only know a little bit of what you thought about it. Just like a general cursory idea, but... I think think we generally agree, and I think... We're going to tell everybody else that doesn't agree with us that they're wrong. <laughs> hmm Yep. I agree. <laughs> That's the goal in MBM Plus. We're gonna change the which world. You, yeah, <laughs> which you can find over on patreon.com forward slash MBM pod. Let's go ahead and get into our awards. The coolest character award. Who'd you have? Uh I gotta give it to you know Yeah, Billy's mom is great, okay. <laughs> but, but, let's give it to Rockin' Ricky Rialto, <laughs> the radio station guy. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. man doesn't have knives. He doesn't have a microwave. He most likely just has a microphone. And he somehow gets attacked by these monsters and still lives. And he oh, continues yeah. his show. He I is love- a one-man army. I loved his reference to Orson Welles when the first person calls in about the monsters. He's like, "Yes, we ain't doing no Orson Welles crap. <laughs> <laughs> so good. It is uh, good. What about you? My coolest character is Mrs. Rambo, Billy's mom. Mm. Um, she's fantastic. That scene is where things really took <laughs> off for me in this movie. Uh, I was like, holy cow. That's why... This isn't exactly a children's movie. Now, <laughs> my my three year old son Levi may have been in the room while I was watching that, but uh, what did he I don't think? think he was scarred too bad. Okay, okay. <laughs> no, he was he was playing by himself and was only looking up occasionally, but he didn't seem too disturbed. So I call that a win. <laughs> I I can't wait for Gwen to be just old enough to watch this. Uh, so about two months. Yeah, I, I'm thinking maybe what? I'm not even wait that long. Christmas is pretty soon, so it'll be yeah. it'll be time. This might be a Christmas weeks. Eve movie. Yeah, <laughs> Christmas Eve movie. Yeah. Oh man. So what about your uh, most memorable line award? Okay, um, this is a moment we haven't talked about yet, uh, and it's it's more it's not the it's not a one liner. It comes at the end of this monologue, this story that Kate has told. And (laughs) she tells the story and it's devastating. And then she says, and that's how I found out there was no Santa Claus. And I'm like, (laughs) Oh my gosh. It's like, (laughs) that was like the darkest moment. And we have people dying and like, you have this incredibly dark story, right? (laughs) 
Like it's so dark. It's, it's like so dark. absurd. Again, it's like I don't know how it fits in, but it does, right? Um mm-hmm. she's an interesting character. She has the other she just has some dark lines, like about slitting wrists at one point she talks about. Yes. You know, and <laughs> it's like, wow, it's incredibly dark. But that kind of plays into this idea of, you know, the same thing that Krampus was playing into and this film's playing into of the dark side of the holiday season, which is really interesting. Yeah. Which is again what uh why I feel like Krampus is that spiritual successor. Yeah, yeah. No, this. I see it. I see it. Um, what about you? Uh yeah, I had to go actually this is the first time I think I have to go with a song. You know, mm-hmm. they're doing you know, Do You Hear What I Hear starts playing after Billy calls his mom and they get disconnected. And then she starts listening for the. Then she hears the Gremlins, and then that music, that Christmas music, starts playing. Do you hear what I hear? And then just all the lyrics of that song are pretty hilariously appropriate for that moment. Oh yeah! And I just like I just love that little implementation of humor with those lyrics. Oh yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. That was a good moment for sure. Uh, what about you? Can't believe the acting award. I gotta give it to Gizmo. For one reason and one reason only. Yeah. It was performed by Howie Mandel. (laughs) (laughs) Like, what? What? Howie Mandel. Okay. So I guess he does these little voices. I would love to see the man make these noises and sounds. I think he just does the voice. But honestly, Gizmo is a very emotive little animatronic. And no, seriously, Gizmo really is like it's, it's so impressive. impressive. It it's is impressive. impressive. So you know he doesn't have a lot of speaking roles, but um, he does a really wonderful job in this, and he sells me in every scene that he's in. Yeah. Um, well, for for my choice for can't believe that acting, I thought about Mrs. Deagle. Um, or I thought about Mrs. Deagle for my coolest character award. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, as a joke. But uh-huh. I decided Mrs. Deagle for can't believe the acting award, and that is Polly Holiday, just because I don't know if if you could be more mean than she was <laughs> in this movie. Probably not. <laughs> um, like it takes that like the mean lady, I hate your dog trope to the furthest extreme. That right. I mean, she talks about can. how she's going to murder this thing and make it I, suffer. I genuinely believe that she would <laughs> cause a <laughs> slow too. death to the dog if she got her hands on this dog. I know. I do too. <laughs> like, you're like, wow. And so you don't feel bad when she's launched from her house. <laughs> no, you're actually probably happy about it. <laughs> you just laugh, right? <laughs> and then you're the only other image of her. Is her feet over the seat, like? Oh man, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Laying in the street. That was like a nice so little good. rhyme there. Wow. Well, so Eric, uh, this uh-huh. one had a lot of effects. What was your standout effect award? It did. Um, there were a lot to choose from, but one that just kind of surprised me a little bit was I didn't know 
honestly what these things even looked like when they transformed. And the first time we get a good look at a transformed gremlin is when Billy is trying to mend his hand in like the nurse's office, right? Mm -hmm. And he mends the hand and then the, I think it is Stripe pops out of the cabinet. Actually, it's not Stripe. No, it's not Stripe. Yeah, Stripe was, no, it wasn't Stripe, you're right. But the, the first real gremlin that we see full body pops out of the cabinet. It was a nice little jump scare, but it also was the first time that I got to see one of these gremlins in full form and it looked good. I was like, wow, that's pretty terrifying. <laughs> uh, really so cool how they choice. edited that scene too. Cause that's one shot. Yeah. That he gets, he goes in there, fixes his hand. It jumps out of there, crawls out and then it goes through the fence. Uh, all in that one shot, which is pretty cool. That is cool. That is cool. What about you? Um, yeah, I got to give mine to the death scene of Stripe and Stripe skeleton. When it jumps out, it looks like a solid skeleton and it's laying there and everything starts oozing. And then that skeleton starts to melt and it goes from this very hard looking structure to something soft I'm really impressed by it because it doesn't really look like it has anything holding it up. So mm-hmm. I'm not quite sure how they did it, but it looked great. It did look great. Shout out to, uh, shout out also to the uh, green pool of fog. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that creates all the gremlins. Like, practical effect. Still looked really cool. <laughs> it was very cool. Man, this is another good argument for practical effects. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, what about your Oh, That's a Good Shot award? Um, so mine's got to be the empty streets. It's the first time they go out um, after we have those those scenes where everyone's getting attacked. And we, we, we that's how we see the streets. And then the next time we see it, it's just our main characters stepping out there. It's quiet. All the gremlins are gone. They don't know where they're at, but it's it's pretty eerie actually when they go out there and it's Christmas and it's just eerily silent. Mm-hmm. Very cool looking. Very, yeah. Well, that is a street shot as well, actually. Oh. <laughs> it's when uh, Billy's car won't start when him and Kate have gotten into the car. There's this moment when he's like, all right, we're going to take off running on the count of three. And he goes, one, two, three. They jump out of the car. And the moment they jump out of the car, it's one of those like uh, set pieces, Hollywood set pieces that you don't see much anymore. Uh, but you would see like at Universal Studios, for example, uh, where you have really cool practical effects. And it's just like the set piece that has been built or modified for this film. Mm-hmm. You see a gremlin shadow, you know, in the background, you see multiple people running away from gremlins. You see fires happening and it's all happening and captured in this single long shot as they run into uh, the nearest store. It was really cool. Uh, And we just don't see effects and shots like that anymore uh, or as much as we used to, I would say. So I I really like that shot. Yeah. Wow. And, and Alex, you have a bonus award. There's for some us pretty, today? yeah. But real quick, I, I yeah. do want to say, like, uh, we've complained before about how sometimes it feels like 
modern films don't really do some experimental camera work. And there's not really, I don't know, I wouldn't say experimental here, but there's some pretty good camera work in here. Yeah. That's pretty understated, I would say. I I was pretty happy with it, you know? Like, yeah, it's not like like a a plus tier or anything like that no, but no. it does more than a lot of movies it's it's purposeful and yeah there are a couple smaller moments uh that were also purposeful like there's the moment where we get these extreme close ups of the gremlins eating yes. uh when they're not supposed to and it's just menacing a little bit like it shouldn't be but you f- it feels ominous because of how close up the camera is and how indulgent the gremlins are um this is before they've transformed right uh <laughs> and so it feels ominous even though they haven't transformed yet just because you see that indulgence taking place right uh yeah. that was a good choice the other good choice is uh, that is kind of unique uh that i noticed was when the mom picks up the knife and she's, she's used the knife to make the gingerbread cookies and to cut them out. And then she picks it up and the camera turns to a diagonal angle. Mm. And it's just like the shift in tone immediately right there as she's takes up the <laughs> knife to go check on the gremlins upstairs. Really cool um, moment. Cool camera work. They had to have good camera work with some of these effects. So that was an impressive aspect of this film. Yeah, it was. It was. I think I, that I love the scene where she's stabbing that thing. It is so unexpected for this movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. <laughs> but it for immediately sure. lets you know, like, yeah, we're going there. <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah. Um, you had a bonus award, Alex? I did. I had a bonus award. Best What's Gremlin that? Award. I think it's funny because we both, I think, describe the same gremlin differently. All right, all right. Are you... So, I picked the solemn detective. He is this quiet one. He's got this smooth music playing in the bar. And he's just chilling to himself. Yeah. Is this the one you're thinking of? Well, he's like the Humphrey Bogart gremlin, right? Yes. Um, Smooth, calm, collected compared to everybody else. Uh, but now you go ahead. You pick. You pick him. Well, I was thinking either him or the gremlin that does the puppetry uh-huh. <laughs> to him, because <laughs> it's it's even more absurd. And so uh-huh. when you see that little puppet come into the frame, you're like, "What is happening?" <laughs> oh yeah, no, I know. Um, for for me, I'm going to have to choose Stripe. <laughs> Uh, I'll, I'll stay pick. pretty standard here just because he is just uh, a monster in his own right. He's willing to sacrifice his body for the greater good, for the greater terror, I should say. Uh, mm-hmm. He's pretty terrifying and unrelenting in his pursuit. So Stripe is my favorite gremlin here. I'll be curious about next week though, Alex, we'll keep this award and we'll see now that I have this in mind, I'll pay special attention for our best gremlin award for gremlins Two next week. Yeah. The next one's going to be a nice surprise for me. Cause again, I, I, I don't think I remember anything, but maybe the final act. Nice. Cool. Um, but it could be a false memory. That'll be interesting to see. Nice. I like it. 
Um, well, let's get into our rating and ranking then. Alex, why don't you start us off? Yeah, so this was... I expected to like this, but I didn't expect to laugh and enjoy the darkness in this movie as much as I did. Mm-hmm. Um, this movie is far more violent than I remember. And that just gives it bonus points for me. Um, because the film is just so consistent that it somehow makes it somehow makes flashing gremlins also cohesive with gremlins uh murdering people in the streets mm-hmm. and like hanging on them and murdering santa claus um and then also it's cohesive with them popping in microwaves so <laughs> the 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 film i'm just kind of blown away by it if i'm being perfectly honest like i don't know if i would call it a masterpiece <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but really like i really am i'm kind of blown away by like how hilarious this movie is and how just goofy and charming everything is about it um i don't know if i, I call it a masterpiece. dude, dude. <laughs> so i'm i want to give this one a 4.5 out of 5 dude like I had an absolute blast watching this movie, and yeah, I, I am down to watch it again. Nice that that that's great. No, <laughs> I, I don't know if I would call it a masterpiece. <laughs> I don't know if I would call it a masterpiece, but, <laughs> to be honest. But I had a lot of fun with it. As I said, it's successful in what it tries to do, uh, and I think it does it really well. I actually think thinking about the movie and some of its messages elevates the film for me. It's, it's more than just what we see on the screen. Like you can tell that the craft and care was in this movie mm-hmm. with that said is for me, it's not necessarily my favorite style of film. And so that is my primarily complaint about it. It's just personal taste and preferences. I think I would have laughed a lot more. Like I, I kind of chuckled to myself a little bit, but I, I don't laugh too much at comedy movies unless I'm with somebody. Yeah. And then I do laugh a lot. Uh, so I would have laughed a lot more, I think, if we had watched this together. With that said, though, I was genuinely surprised by a good portion of this movie. And I thought the absurdist sort of tone that they created was awesome. So I, I'm going to give this film a solid 3.5 out of 5. Um but I like it. Uh, maybe we need to watch this again, Alex. Whenever we get together, sometime soon. Yeah, man, that'd be that'd be good. If I if I was gonna be in town for uh, if I was gonna be in town like next week, then we go yeah. watch the second one together. But oh, unfortunately, I'll be in town in the week after two weeks. Yeah, sad day, sad I day. <laughs> All right, Alex. Gremlins two is next week. Do you have a rhyme? Um, yeah, so in hopefully in Gremlins 2, we see that our main character's mom cap a few. If we're lucky, maybe we will even see the return of Stripe, and maybe this time he'll be smoking a pipe. I don't Ooh. know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if Stripe comes back. Something. Uh, not bad, not bad. Um, I'll say. 
Well, Gremlins 2 concoct another tonal brew, or will that brew give us the Gremlin flu? Oh, we shall see. Okay, I like yours. Well, Alex, as always, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at MVM underscore pod. You can email us mvmpod at gmail.com or leave us feedback at mvmpod.com. As we said at the top of the show, we really enjoy hearing from listeners. So please reach out uh, if you just want to contact uh, and have a conversation with us. Support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash mvmpod to receive weekly bonus off-the-cuff episodes. And if you feel so led, Leave us a review on iTunes. Those reviews really help. Monsters vs. Men is produced by Alex Cornett. Executive producers are Faye Basier and Michael Herndon. Special thanks to our wives, comma, Rock Band for PlayStation 3, Senior Honda, Drew the Collector, our Instagram connector, and you, the listener, for listening. Until next week, try, try to, to stay, stay alive. alive. obliterates one of them by chopping its head up in a in a blender and then she stabs the next one to death this is an awesome kids movie i love this thing